Hey guys, this is Tyler. I uh, just want to give you guys a quick heads up that before this episode starts, we get a little bit into the show's history and we talk a, more specifically about the racism episode of Adventures in Wonderland and the O.J. Simpson episode. While these specific jokes are pointed out towards the behind-the-scenes aspects of the show, I'd like to point out that this episode was recorded before Chadwick Boseman's death. We here at the Channel KRT podcast would like to apologize in advance for any jokes that would come off as offensive, and if we do make any jokes that come off as offensive unintentionally, please feel free to hit us up and just call us out as needed, because we're always open to taking responsibility for our actions. Thank you, stay safe, rest in power, Chadwick Boseman, and Black Lives Matter. Alright, Channel KRT is on the air. Welcome everyone to the inaugural episode of the Channel KRT podcast. I'm your host for this week, Tyler Green. With me with me as well is... Hello, my name is Kitty Quinn. I am over on Twitter at Mission Breakout. My name is Randy Martin. I am at Twitter at Cosmic Rewind, but with a three instead of an E, because I'm cool like that. <laughs> You're like a scene, kid. Yeah, I am a scene kid. And you can find me on Twitter at TylerFG as well as Instagram on TylerFG96. And you can also check me out on the Jeb and Greencast, which is a show I do where I interview musicians with my friend Vinyl Man Jeb. Uh, <laughs> so here we are. We finally have a podcast at last. Yeah, for years we've been we've been doing a bunch of streaming over the years. We've been good friends for almost five years now. Wow. Yeah, it'll be it'll and be five we've... next year. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> right? But but anyway, so yeah, for a long time, we've been streaming all sorts of TV shows and movies, that movies from really, really good ones to really, really crap ones. And re- we've decided, hey, why not lean into it and get into the podcast game? Yeah, finally. I mean, it's not like I already don't have enough podcasts, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure people what? aren't sick of me yet. <laughs> Outside is scary. What else are we going to do? Exactly. <laughs> this has been a horrible year, so we got to make the best of it somehow. So, <laughs> Okay, so, um, so yeah, like Kitty mentioned, this is going to be sort of like a little bit of a grab bag of, you know, like really good shows, like really odd, like obscure shows we want to bring back to the public light, which kind of goes into today's topic too, which we'll get into in a second, but... uh. Is there anything else you guys want to say about, you know, the the meaning behind the podcast? Well, first of all, we've been doing the quarantine-style podcast before it was cool, <laughs> because you guys are on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast, and because plane tickets aren't $10 yet. Oh, I mean, like I said, it's uh, I have enough money to probably buy a flight now, but I can't fly anywhere now, so thanks, COVID. You ruin everything. <laughs> Basically, our lives have been set on a randomizer on what can what can possibly go wrong. <laughs> Chances are, if you were forced to watch it on the school gym floor on a crappy little CRT TV at school, or in elementary school, I mean, you're probably going to hear us talk about it. 
<laughs> if it's something that you randomly owned on VHS or if it's something you randomly owned on like <laughs> if it was like playing in the background of a preschool or like when you're at your at your parents house or <laughs> <laughs> listen if your school didn't show you terror tunes they've obviously done something wrong they've obviously failed you I'm just saying <laughs> they either made dangerous things sound really fun or Barely even a threat thing sound fucking terrifying. <laughs> you guys are not prepared for our Barney discourse. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hint, hint. <laughs> it's going to get heated over here at the Barney fandom. <laughs> it's as heated as Florida. <laughs> and speaking of Florida, which uh, kind of ties into today's topic, um, we're going to be talking about Adventures in Wonderland, which was a show on Disney Channel that aired from... 1992 to 1995 so let's kind of let's kind of get into the like the history of the show a little bit uh i guess i'll get started on how i got into the show um so i have a very specific memory from like i think first or second grade where i was over a friend's house she had a couple of vhs tapes and one of the ones that she had was adventures in wonderland and she put like an episode on and i'm just like sitting there like mesmerized and just also confused because like <laughs> Uh, that, that's another thing, too. There is so much to take in with Adventures in L Wonderland. We did not know where to start uh, to the point where you could probably, you know, make like an, an Adventures in Wonderland podcast for the show alone. But that's not what this is. But we do have more episodes lined up. So stay tuned. <laughs> but yeah, um, so the show always hung out in the back of my mind for the longest time. Like I would remember it on different occasions, it's like, oh yeah, that existed, and for some reason, I don't know what came over me, but sometime in 2016, <laughs> I just randomly remembered the show existed, and I was like, hey, you know what, I'll put on an episode, uh, I got nothing better to do, and for some reason, <laughs> I was just hawked right then and there, I just, I just, I, I spent a lot of my summer just watching <laughs> non-stop <laughs> episodes of Adventures in Wonderland for some reason, and I brought it on to Kitty, because that was around the time when we first started talking, and I showed it to you, and you fell in love with it as well, and then you showed Randy. Yeah. <laughs> and we basically showed all our friends, too. <laughs> and then Defunct Land. And then Defunct Land did a whole thing on the history of it, which got me hooked even more. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna, we're not going to go too deep into the history of the show, because Defunct Land did a really good episode on you know, what the show's about and how it came to be and the history on that. But basically, uh, Disney Channel wanted to do, like, an educational show where it taught kids, like, you know, grammar and stuff like that. So, you know, they, they, they stuck on the uh, Alice in Wonderland kind of subplot and, you know, just went from there. And they actually filmed episodes. I believe they filmed the first 40 episodes, according to Wikipedia, at the Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida, which ties into our love of theme parks. Yeah, and then one of the interesting things about this series is that it's one of the... Alice in Wonderland for the entire Walt Disney Company has been one of the few properties, as far as I know, that they've they've managed to adapt several times rather than just once and then have, like, a specific canon version of it, according to the Disney animated canon. Y yeah. <laughs> like, you, you obviously have, like, the 50s Alice in Wonderland. Then you have, well, the Tim Burton one, which is kind of a semi-sequel to the 50s one, but, in, but that's a very loose term. <laughs> there are also the Alice comedies from the 30s that 
Walt used to create, which were the very first mixtures of cartoon characters and live action, as far as it goes. And this was kind of their first modern adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. This would be their, this would be their, okay, we're going to have like it be really updated, be kind of super 90s, but also be pretty timeless in a lot of ways. And I think it balances itself out pretty well. It, it kind of works similarly to say like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where it's super, super 90s, but at the same time, it's a plot that can pretty much exist at any time. Adventures in Wonderland, I want to say, is, <laughs> well, besides being the best adaptation Disney's ever done of the show, in my opinion, even better than the 50s, Alice, uh, come fight me, haters. <laughs> I do want to, there was something else I was going to say, shit. Uh, I do want to say that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people grew up with the show in the 90s and didn't remember it. Like, I'm sure there's probably someone in a Reddit thread, like, going, hey, you remember this show where there was, like, a bunch of rabbits and a guy with a giant hat and shit? And, like... This is this is one of those, oh, my God, that's what that <laughs> okay, was? Okay, so I show. didn't dream this. This wasn't a fever dream. This is kind of Disney Channel's channel finally getting its footing and what it wanted to air. Like, throughout the 80s, like, Eisner was approving all these weird-ass shows because Disney was just trying its hardest to find characters that were memorable, so they often had to dig to, like, Winnie the Pooh and make that terrifying <laughs> live-action 80s series. They also made Dumbo Circus and Mouser Size. Then finally, like, around the 90s, it's like okay we're finally kicking into gear we have gummy bears we have little mermaid we have we will we're finally having the disney afternoon and then this show is kind of one of those links where it's not as remembered as the aforementioned but it's still it's, but it it's, still it's definitely surprisingly, showed surprisingly it has a very <laughs> it has a very loyal uh cult fan base like there, uh, for included. example there's a <laughs> there's someone i interviewed for the jeb and Greencast. her name's tammy tucky she does a show called uh, the, the Tierra Talk Show. She interviewed the entire cast of Adventures in Wonderland. <laughs> if that shit! Yeah, if that's not dedication to this show from the 90s that not a lot of people remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're not watching Tammy's videos, by the way, please do. They're very insightful. It's kind of funny because 50s Alice also kind of became a hit that way because and when it was first released, it bombed pretty badly. It was like one of the biggest bombs at the time. But then college students, a.k.a. like stoners, were starting to discover it, be like, hey, this shit's actually pretty cool. And then it began to develop a huge fan base and it became kind of the definitive adaptation. And then this kind of worked similarly, I noticed. The hippies found it, did acid to it, and the rest is history. <laughs> I just, I just want to mention, more... I am not a stoner. I am just easily amused. Just saying. I am a stoner. <laughs> yeah. Point blank. <laughs> I'm kind of halfway between you guys. And <laughs> well, the, the moral of the story is drugs are good, actually. <laughs> And shall we get in today's episode that we'll be talking about? Because there's a lot of great episodes, but today we have a particularly memorable one. Oh yeah, this is, uh, this, uh, <laughs> so this episode was definitely the first that I had in mind when I decided to come up with this podcast, because I knew that I'd wanted to do Adventures in Wonderland specifically, because it pretty much sums up the kind of, like, niche shit that we're into. <laughs> but this episode is, like, the textbook definition of that. And that episode, of course, is Pie Noon, which aired on February 28th, 1994. When a bully from the March Hare school days comes to visit, he panics because his friends become too chicken to help, and Hare learns to defend himself. Overwatch fans pause here, get it all out, <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> yeah, this is... And 
is a very furry oriented shell. I just I just want to get just want to get that out there. I'm not one of them, but I do want to say that the uh, the character makeup on this show is surprisingly very well done. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how like they worked really hard to make make not only the makeup but the sets as well really stand out. Like the makeup took almost four hours every day for the White Rabbit alone. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah like when you think about how the White Rabbit's costume came to be, like the character is just like a he's in a white fur suit. Uh, he's got like a vest on him and shit, and uh, he's in, he's running around in rollerblades, so he's like slipping all over the place and everything. And he's doing all he's doing all of this under heavy makeup, under heavy lights, for two episodes a week that he's filming. It's insane. Apparently, it was so insane that at one point they had to add a cooling suit because he was starting to faint. <laughs> oh yeah, from that's being right. In that costume. Yeah. <laughs> and then March hair. With March hair, it's like oh, let's just slap some bunny ears on him and call him a day. We're done. <laughs> but we won't copy the fuck land here. <laughs> yeah, well, we're but not. Today- I mean, we're technically ripping off the podcast, the ride format, but... <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and Escape from Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. And basically a lot of recap shows, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and then today's episode is especially noteworthy because this show was kind of... It, it had a lot of memorable people, especially a lot of Broadway I kinda, actors. Yeah, uh, I kind of don't want to spoil who the special guest in this episode is. But I do, oh, sure. I mean, we will talk about the musical guest because his role in this is very interesting, to say the least. Last thing I'll rip off from Defunct Land. Sadly, no, this is not the O.J. Simpson episode. <laughs> yeah, they, they did the O.J. Simpson oh. episode. That is, uh, that actually never aired. There was an episode where <laughs> apparently O.J. Simpson is... It was released as is, a book. <laughs> well, they did, yeah, they released a book of the episode, but the episode never came out, but... Basically, the gist of the episode is that O.J. Simpson is drop-dead Fred to the White Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Today, the role of O.J. Simpson will be played by Rick Mayle. (laughs) He's basically his Tyler Durden. (laughs) (laughs) Encouraging him. Remember that episode? Remember that episode where the White Rabbit drove the Ford Bronco across the L.A. freeway? (laughs) First rule of Adventures in Wonderland, you don't talk about Adventures in Wonderland, so we already broke the rule. <laughs> We're doomed. <laughs> All right. Okay, but yeah, this show did have a lot of interesting guest stars. Uh, for example, there was an episode where uh, Marley Matlin was uh, the March Hare's cousin, and there was an episode about sign language. It was, And uh, one thing I want to point out, too, is that Adventures in Wonderland did a lot of... And I mean a whole lot of very special episodes. Like, for example, they did an episode about junk food. And they did an episode about, like, I think they did a drug episode at one point. I'm not too sure. They also did... Ironic. (laughs) They also (laughs) did an episode... Yeah, it was the Clinton era. What are we going to do? But they also did an episode on racism, which about... Oh, oh man. How could I forget that? We're definitely doing that one at some point, too. I, I do have to say that. Oh, God, yes. Especially <laughs> since it stars uh, Oogie Boogie himself, Ken Page, as a walrus. And and, Ven- and Wonderland is, like, very biased against walruses because reasons. <laughs> but then they learn, oh, he's actually really chill. So, you know what? Everything's fine now. Racism is over. <laughs> That's uh, we... totally how institutionalized and systemic racism works in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> There's also an episode where uh, 
the Hatter's cousin comes over and she's in a wheelchair and it's very ableist, I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was a very, yeah. I feel like it was a case of we mean very, very well, but uh, yikes, we can, we, we could, yeah, sorry. We, mean, we didn't have, they, they just didn't have the information that we have now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> We're just very tone deaf. <laughs> like, come on, disabled writers exist. It's not hard to just, just go up to one and say, hey, is this, is this, hey, how about you write this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when Girl Meets World did the episode about autism and just like they did not consult any Ooh. anybody with autism at all about that. Nope. Jesus, that was a that was a terrible episode. But Which I don't I don't even want I don't even think we'll get to that because that's just going to be us just like screaming for like two hours that the episode sucks <laughs> especially since we're all autistic so yeah this will be three autistic individuals feels really pissed off about how this yeah sorry this was portrayed <laughs> you can cut that out if you don't want to come want to oh keep no it's in. fine it's fine. okay yeah welcome to channel krt the show hosted by three autistic individuals yay <laughs> <laughs> that's how i should start every episode off <laughs> And then, all right. So, see, is there anything else we want to say before we get into the episode itself? Or, uh, nope. I think I think I'm ready to talk about the episode. I'll save all my OJ jokes for later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll save we'll save that for the uh, episode where we where we read the book. Oh, I do want to mention one more thing. The the name of that episode. uh, (laughs) At this point, we're talking more about that than today's topic. But the, the the topic the the title of that episode is. White rabbits can't jump. <laughs> oh, sure, why not? En- enough said, y'all. En- enough said. <laughs> anyway, so today's episode. Okay. <laughs> so in today's episode, I guess I guess this episode also counts as a very special episode in a sense because it's about bullying. It's about standing up to your mean peers. So. What happens is, okay, so, oh, sorry. I know you are. You, no, are you starting off with the episode, or? Oh yeah, I was just gonna explain. So every episode follows a specific format. So this one opens with Alice go entering her room, really angry, and talking to Dinah, and half expecting Dinah. Dinah, of course, being her very adorable cat. We are yes. huge animal lovers in this show, so we're we're gonna spend at least thirty minutes devoted to Dinah alone. This is a Dinah Stan account. <laughs> <laughs> Dinah is a very good kitty. I will hear nothing else. <laughs> and then, uh, so then Alice comes home really pissed off because this girl has been stealing all her desserts at school and she's too afraid to stand up to her. And also she's mad be- and also she's like, well, of course you can't understand me. And then Dinah's just giving her like, bitch, of course I can't. I'm a cat. She's just, she's just giving her the resting, Alice, resting you- bitch faces the whole time. <laughs> Alice... Alice, you need a therapist, not a cat. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's that's something that I've always been like very confused about. Is that every every single episode of this show starts with Alice just talking to her cat and just venting about her personal problems, and this one specifically with the bully, she's like, "Oh well, aren't you gonna ask me why I'm upset?" And she and she does it like three times, <laughs> thinking the cat's gonna respond. And like, Alice, we we love cats as much as you do, probably, but. Dinah does not give a shit about your personal problems. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I wonder if that <laughs> Let was Let alone a... understand them. 
<laughs> I wonder if that was a case of, well, I talked to a fucking rabbit, a hare, a, a, a guy in a top hat, a mouse, and a freaking caterpillar. Why can't you talk? <laughs> <laughs> Why can't Dinah talk if there's all this shit going on? You know, I'm kind of amazed they never did an, like either a movie or an episode, if unless I'm thinking of something else where Dinah does go with her and if she like starts talking, I guess kind of kind of like a Coraline thing with the cat. Oh my god, right? Yeah, that'd be. Although, neat. although part of me worries that if they did that, they would probably just have like an anthropomorphic version of Dinah, and it's just someone in just really terrifying cat makeup <laughs> and shit. The Cheshire Cat is already scary enough. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. Don't give Tom Hooper ideas. <laughs> I mean, either 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 do that or just go the uh, go the Salem and Sabrina route. That might be better, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, Salem was always kind of kind of charmingly creepy. Like, this, like, Treasure Cat <laughs> is just kind of basically creepy. <laughs> Salem yeah. was creepy the same way that the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics are creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at least the at least the Salem animatronic worked half yeah. the time, you know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> sort of. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny that we do mention <laughs> that the that the the makeup is so good, but the Cheshire Cat is just absolutely terrifying because those eyes just stare deeply into your soul. It's haunting. It will stay with you the the rest of your life. It feels like they were still kind of slowly getting out of how terrifying most of their puppets looked in the eighties. So they <laughs> like the ones they used for the Winnie the Pooh series and the Dumbo Circus series. How they were pretty. Uh, they've seen better days. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna make the same mistakes we made last time. We're gonna get this right. We're gonna not scare kids. It's gonna be charming. The kids are gonna love it. <laughs> Cut to the the puppets done. Why, why are they all crying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I guess we got to shove it where the Sesame Street witch episode is now. (laughs) (laughs) But that's another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, uh, so Alice is talking to her cat. uh, And I do want to mention that every topic that Alice talks about ties into each each of what the Wonderland citizens are going through. It's kind of weird because they... It's kind of like, oh, it's modern and it has all sorts of things. Like, apparently there's even a talk show in the universe, but it's also basically the Alice universe. It's it's basically... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's an episode where Patch Sajak shows up <laughs> as a game show host. Oh, God. I think. <laughs> Add that to the list of many, many guest stars this show's had. Which, speaking of which, shall we get into We'll get into that later. No spoilers yet. Gotcha, yeah. (laughs) Don't want to ruin the surprise for the lovely audience. You know, (laughs) and then then almost every time that Alice enters the mirror, suddenly she becomes like a big backdrop for the episode. Like, she never really has that much of a a role in it, which I guess, to be fair, it's kind of more focused on the other characters, but it's like, then what's the point of making her the main character if she's not even going to do shit? I mean, I'll give it this. At least they don't advertise it as like an Alice-specific show and then just focus it on the other characters. But I do like that they focus it on the other characters at least. True, because it gives, yeah. You know, it, gi- it, gives everyone, it gives everyone in the cast something to do. And I want to say everyone, every single person in this cast is so talented. Oh, yeah. And they yes. like really slip into their roles well. It's fantastic. Oh yes. They are they they're freaking amazing. Like especially uh hang on. Robert Ho- is it Robert John Hoffman? 
I think it's John. Uh, I think it's John Hoffman. John. Just John. Yeah, John Hoffman. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me. Uh, let me just make sure I'm getting his name right. Uh, John Robert Hoffman. Gotcha. There we go. Oh yeah, John Robert Hoffman. Okay. <laughs> oh yes, he's. he's and a he st- has some very interesting credits too, which. I'm sure you were about to point out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, John Robert Hoffman plays the Mad Hatter, and he's instantly the standout of the show, especially. He has the most energy. He really embodies the Mad Hatter really well, especially better than Johnny Depp. <laughs> and he's, it's because he doesn't need to look like a clown to do it. <laughs> and then it's kind of interesting because he has a long, interesting career, including several directing credits from a Disney Channel movie called Northern Lights. And also the movie Good Boy for the Jim Henson Company. That existed. (laughs) That movie was terrifying. Please tell me that's about a dog. It is. Actually, it's about aliens masquerading as dogs. Okay, thank God. (laughs) So it's... Just as batshit as this this show, honestly. So, and we're all dog owners, so maybe we'll tackle it someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we, uh, yeah we'll definitely introduce the show dogs at some point. And I do want to mention too. Uh, I do want to mention his partner in crime uh, in the show, Reese Holland, who plays the March Hare and the main character of this episode. I mean, they both play off of each other really, really well to the point where. Uh, <laughs> they're gay. They're gay. Yeah, they're yeah, they're 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 gay as fuck. <laughs> we ship it. They and plus, isn't one of them gay IRL? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's... One of them is. I think it might have been Reese, if I'm not mistaken. But let me see if that's. Yeah. Uh... Yes. Oh yes, he is. Uh, he was. Uh, he's married to Gary Gary Howe Scott. Um. So yeah. <laughs> oh okay. And then yeah, there's been a yeah. The cast for the show is just really great. Yeah, I'm glad they got like, they got like a ton of people who are like seasoned off Broadway and stuff. Cause overacting is always better than underacting, in my opinion. Oh, I was gonna say, especially in like a show centered around Wonderland, where the whole point is that it's a place of madness. I'm glad they got people to just ham it the f up. I love it. It just yes. fits perfectly. This show is literally just a live-action cartoon in the best way possible. <laughs> like, it, like for all intents and purposes, the show should not work. But it does. It hits literally all the right notes in terms of, you know, execution and writing. Because there's, there's some very clever writing in this show, especially for... I mean, I don't want to un- underestimate kids' show writing, but there is some really witty stuff in this show that I love. One of the things that it especially makes a, makes as a standout for its time is that around the time of kids shows were kind of in an area where it's like, oh, let's just be super basic with our morals. Let's just give the most basic morals possible. Let's just teach the ABCs and then we won't really go into much detail about it. Adventures in this Wonderland. Was this, of course, being the, the Barney decade, basically. <laughs> the Barney and all the <laughs> ripoffs decade. <laughs> but... Yeah, what makes Adventures in Wonderland really stick out is how much they really treat it as a as a theatrical production. Like, they really go out of their way. It feels a lot like a Mr. Rogers short and at times and in the best possible way. Oh, by the way, uh, I feel like something we really need to get off our chest is that there is a photo online of the Adventures of Wonderland cast, Kermit the Frog, the Clintons, and Mr. Rogers together in the same photo. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Infinity War. <laughs> it, Most epic we're, crossover. We're definitely going to post it on the Twitter, but uh, it is... 
you, you guys just have to see it for yourself. The most epic crossover ever made. <laughs> but yeah, everybody, again, in the cast is... They could have half-assed this for what it was worth, and nobody did. And I am so glad about that. Yeah, especially... And I want to mention, too, the cast is really diverse. There's a couple people of color in the show, mainly Armelia McQueen, who plays the Red Queen of the show. And she's amazing. Like, she really embodies the Red she, Queen. She has a beautiful, astounding voice. Whenever she gets a song in the in in any episode that she's in, it's always a highlight, in my opinion. Plus, oh, yeah. She's also a really great comedic actor. Like, she really plays off every single character amazingly, especially the White Rabbit. Yeah, I mean, granted, their re- relationship is kind of iffy at times, but, like, they really, they really do play off each other. And, again, this is just kudos to the cast and everybody... And especially the girl who plays Alice, Elizabeth Hernois. I'm sure I'm getting her name wrong. If I am, sorry. But yeah, uh, like she does not half-ass that role either. Like, you know, going to Barney again, a future topic. Like those kids, I mean, I don't want to be mean to child actors, but they're not the best. But like, again, everybody goes all into this role. And I'm just speaking like a broken record at this point. (laughs) Uh, We... We were supposed to be recapping the episode, so. <laughs> and plus, what other show can you say has Marvin Barry as one of the Tweedledees? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. that I, I just found that Marvin out. Marvin other... goddamn Barry. <laughs> I literally did not find this out until uh, until recently. Uh, I think it's Tweedledee, his actor is Marvin Berry, but yeah, he, that that's a thing. That is insane. Yeah, Harry Waters Jr. and Robert Berry Fleming, they play Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Tweedledum, it's your cousin Marvin! <laughs> <laughs> your cousin Marvin Dumb! It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny because the, that you mentioned Back to the Future because a lot of this episode reminded me a little of Back to the Future 3. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Okay, so yeah, going back to the recap, uh, Okay, so Alice is venting about, you know, her bully and whatnot, and then she says some quippy one-liner, and she goes into her portal to Wonderland, which is the Looking Glass, which is a really good callback, I gotta say. I like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then we get to the all-important theme song, which perfectly sums up exactly what we're getting into. It is a bop in every sense, in every sense of the word. Like yes. it just hits hard, especially for a '90s theme. Like this is like next to all that in terms of like my favorite '90s show themes and whatnot. Also, I love how it just happens as soon as she enters the mirror. That's a really clever segue for the theme song. In my <laughs> yeah, and like, and like everything, and like everything just hits you in the face at once. Like first. Like, oh, she's having a tea party with the pattern hair, and then there's the Dormouse, and then, ah, God, it's that Cheshire cat. (laughs) Yeah, like, if you want to know, if you want to know the entire vibe of the show, you just need the theme song, and it pretty much tells you, this is what you're in for. And I want to mention, I want to mention, too, that two of the composers of this show were Mark Mothersbaugh and Bob Mothersbaugh. Do any of those names ring bells for you? 
Are they uh, Broadway composers? I don't know. I have to, I have to look at their <laughs> white Wikipedias now. But I can tell you uh, that uh, Mark Mothersbaugh was al- also the composer for Rugrats. And you can really tell. Huh. Because they, a lot they, of the... Oh, yeah. They, they use a lot of the exact same sound fonts. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of hear the little, the little xylo... Not xylophone. Um, the kind of EDM sound in the background that goes yeah. like... Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, now the, that you mentioned wah, it. Wah, something like that. That's like that's my impersonation of the Rugrats sound font. <laughs> You're welcome. Yay! And now, <laughs> and now. But they... yeah, it's a. It's. I don't know if they did the specific theme for the song for the show, but it is still a banger. It hits so hard. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and then shall we get into the ep- into more of the episode itself? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so this is where the first guest of the show comes in. Um, Willie Nelson is in this episode. Willie fucking Nelson. <laughs> Willie Nelson, who pretty much just has no purpose in this show other than to exist. He's basically <laughs> he's basically Simon. I'm sorry. He's basically Art Garfunkel in that episode of Arthur where Buster comes <laughs> back and he's just yeah. That background. was exactly what I thought of when he came up in this episode. <laughs> and throughout the episode, he's singing all these ballads about. So it kind of plays out a lot more like a western, like a western story would, which is which makes it really cool, honestly. And in addition, it's kind of neat that the song sounds a little like Big Iron Hip at times. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can hear it, yeah. <laughs> so basically the gist of this episode is that, you know, the hair has a bully and it's sort of cowboy themed in a way that ties into the other special guest, which, be patient, everybody, it's common. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Willie, Willie Nelson sings a song that basically set up the, the plot for the episode and then it cuts to Hatter and Alice getting ready for a tea party and apparently the hair is late and he's never been late. <laughs> how dare it's like <laughs> i mean if he were the white rabbit then he'd be then he'd be late all the time <laughs> well he's probably dead <laughs> he's hatter's hatter's possessive <laughs> I, mean, I at first i honestly thought and this isn't because of the this isn't because i ship them but like i genuinely thought at one point that they lived together so yeah the hair does show up and he's in a big hurry because his bully, Mike McNasty, is going to show up and kick his ass. <laughs> Mike McNasty. That's what they call a descendant a descendant of Shasta McNasty. <laughs> Both it's... we don't like to talk about. But basically he's gonna start singing Janet Jackson at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I do wanna I do wanna point out this one line right here. I have this in my notes that uh that the hair is like pe- packing up his clothes, and then the the Mad Hatter says, "You don't need a lot of clothes for this tea party, except a T-shirt." And I know that is supposed to be a, a very lame pun, but it's flirting to me. <laughs> it's like... very homoerotic. <laughs> gay, gay, <laughs> gay rights. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> then, so then. The... Okay, so and then. So the so the hair is of course you know filling everybody in on you know what who Mike McNasty is and apparently he was a bully who threw pies in the, in the hair's face and we get some flashbacks to that. It's the Anita Bryant <laughs> story, <laughs> <laughs> but with less homophobia. Yay! <laughs> hair and seems to be suffering from a little bit of a pie TSD. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. 
<laughs> so yeah, we do. <laughs> and the flashbacks are pretty like interesting too, because apparently I I'm assuming they take place in like the seventies or eighties due to like the fashion style, because like the hair is wearing like a lot of like, like campy clothing and his hair is all slicked back and shit. Which but begs, he also keeps getting slammed with pies and stuff off screen. <laughs> which begs the question, because when you see, like, his yearbook, when it shows him, like, when it shows the photo of him getting pied, you see that all of his classmates... <laughs> which is an excellent... It's an excellent joke, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. You notice that all of his... It, all of his peers are all like regular humans. So I'm just wondering, it was like, was he like the only hair at the school? Is that why he was getting bullied or... That yeah, that's a very... <laughs> That's a very good point because it that, doesn't yeah. really bring up like how the specifics of Wonderland as a city works. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a city as much as like it is a setting, but you know, it seems like it only focuses on these specific people. They live there. So it must be like outside of like a town or something. Like we know for a fact, we know for a fact that Wonderland is already racist against walruses, but we don't know what their attitudes are on bunnies. I guess their stance on rabbits are that that they're kind of slowly helping rabbits live in a society, but at the same time, they're also kind of like, you know, we still got a bunch of blind spots because that's how society works. <laughs> <laughs> rabbits are the I Irish mean, of the Wonderland society. <laughs> there, is an, <laughs> there is an episode where the, the rabbit does have an Irish cousin, so. Yeah. Well, that explains I... a lot, I guess. <laughs> yep. So then, uh... Alice and the Hatter are trying to give Hare a pep talk, saying, Dude, you can do this. You're, you got friends. We care about you. And then it goes into the next scene, but not without the transition from Willie Nelson, of course. And then, like, they, bar- they very briefly notice him, but then, like, which we'll get into. <laughs> Rabbit yeah, just has um... a stalker. <laughs> he has a... I mean, Hare. Hare has a stalker. It's basically, <laughs> if White Rabbit can have OJ, he can have Willie Nelson, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, everyone has an imaginary friend who's a celebrity somehow, so. <laughs> then, ironically, our the special guest in this episode did play an imaginary friend in another episode, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Alright, uh, okay, so Kitty, you wanted to take the next scene? Sure, yeah. So then they cut to the song that they all sing to him about how, we're all your friends, we stand by you. It's kind of weird how the songs are written in the show. They're very well performed, but the songs themselves, besides the theme song, are kind of in and out of your brain. It it doesn't work like, say, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where you can write a song for every single episode and have it stand out. It's clear that they were kind of writing songs a little bit on the spot at times, so... When I'm feeling bullied and I don't know what to do You will be my courage, I can count on you When I'm out on a limb, when I'm really in a stew You're my number one helpers, I can count on you I can count on you to lend a helping hand That's what friends do for friends here in Wonderland Like, I guess it's to make sure it fits with the episode And the point overall is still mostly the acting and such But yeah, it's kind of a little distracting It's like, you have these amazing theater actors But the songs themselves are kind of slow But anyway, so yeah, while they're singing this It suddenly cuts to like this weird single camera Oh yeah, I was going to point that out That is a common thing that happens in every episode Is that it just cuts to handheld single cam during some parts where it gets so where they want to get all experimental and they're like oh different angles <laughs> you half expect <laughs> it to turn into like a david lynch movie <laughs> <laughs> 
found footage horror film. I can I can be mildly annoyed by it, but I can't hate it. Oh yeah, actually I kind of love it. It's just kind of a weird thing to notice because it's like like oh god, what's <laughs> going on? But it's kind of adds a unique flair to it as well. So and the uh, the Tweedles are in this scene too, and <laughs> I feel like something we need to say about the Tweedles is that they are they really date this oh, show. Oh yes, they, <laughs> because <laughs> they they, just they call, are in just full. Call them, just call them the MC Hammers. <laughs> Tweedle MC and Tweedle Hammer, <laughs> because that's what that's what they are. They're dressed up in like MC Hammer garb, and they're like they have the baggy pants and shit. Like it's it's amazing. Yeah, though on though on the bright side, they are at least portrayed well. They're not like you're like really, oh no, yeah, they're good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not again Hammer going Man. back to going back to how diverse the cast is. I'm glad that none of them are like stereotypes that would like really date this show in a problematic way oh yeah like they they have a very similar vibe to how Tweedledee and Tweedledum is always portrayed is always like this comedic yeah sorry this comedic duo but they also always manage to help help solve the problem as well they're never just comic relief which is nice and again both actors have very good chemistry with each other they do but you can genuinely believe that they're brothers yeah <laughs> And again, this is a very, very loose adaptation of, like, the 1950s movie, so not everything's going to be, like, exactly perfect. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and then then suddenly they're like, after they receive a description of him, they suddenly fucking bail because... <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some really good bits, because, like, uh... <laughs> so what happened is is that uh so the so the March Hare is describing him. He says like, oh, he throws pies at people and gets them all messy. And there's like some really good mugging from everybody. And there's like some weird cartoon sound effects. Like there's like a like an <laughs> alarm sound going off, oh, and the camera great. zooms in on their reactions. It's it's funny. <laughs> like just, it's this. <laughs> oh, it's it's funny. I I do love the scene. It's just kind of funny that it's like, I wish my bullies pied me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine if that was all that happened when you got bullied at school. Nobody was saying slurs at you or like physically harming you. They were just throwing pies at you. <laughs> They're not like the bullies. God, yeah, depression. Kids. A lot of a lot of Gen Zers would be very less depressed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, bullying is bullying is bullying, but at the same yeah. time, it's like, eh, it's like. Hey, this is actually pretty good. Okay, I'll t I'll tolerate it. It's not like it's a hot pie either. It's like some very whipped cream pie. It's just yeah, it's just like whipped cream in a in a pie tin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's also uh, I don't remember like any specific lines, but uh, they talk a lot about they talk a lot about pies and creaming. <laughs> it, it makes do with me that very, what you will it makes me very uncomfortable i was like okay <laughs> and wait. a very and a very specific always sunny bit comes to mind oh so. god yeah <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, anyway so then it comes and i think oh wait no can I, no i have one more thing i want to mention oh, uh, so i think the hatter at one point compares i think they they sort of use uh pies as an allegory for gun violence during this scene, because like the Hatter's talking about, oh well, who's gonna want to come to Wonderland with a wild hooligan, uh, shove shove it throwing pies at people, <laughs> and he also call he also he also calls him a lily livered lout, but he says it like lily livered lout, <laughs> and I, and I love I love the way he says it. 
Remember, guys. Only a, remember, only a good guy with a pie can stop a bad guy with a pie. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want a book of all the insults used in this show because they're beautiful. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I gotta I gotta keep track of all the insults they use. I especially Pies don't, don't pie people. They pies mean... don't pie people, people pie people. <laughs> they keep in a lot of the limerick from the book, which is really cool. So it kinda in a way helps kids understand a lot of how it works without without confusing the living hell out of them either. So Yeah, the show's the show's educational without shoving it down your throat. Yeah. Like it it can get in an, a lesson like very subtly. Then speaking of lessons, so then then Hare's wandering off trying to figure out what to do and he comes across the obviously fucking stoner caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh Yeah, so what do we what do we say about the caterpillar? Look, I, we praise the makeup of this show, but uh, there's some things that you could turn into puppets. <laughs> I really don't like the disembodied arms. When I see arms, I want to see the face that they're coming from. I don't want to think of a melted T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, uh, can I mention, I, I honestly do not think the caterpillar is that bad oh no i mean i mean the actor i mean don't get me wrong it's very it's very unsettling especially when it's outside of the grassy setting that the caterpillar is usually in because this is usually the part of the show where story time guys we're gonna tell you a quick story that ties into this episode yeah plus the actor who performs him is really good so disembodied arms will never not be scary do you guys know who that actor is by the way uh, hang on. Let me pull up IMDb. I can see. I can. Well, I can. I can tell you. Um, oh, it's yes. Wesley Mann. Wesley Mann. Uh, yeah, Wesley Mann. You might. Uh, a lot of people might huh. recognize him as uh, one of the teachers from That's So Raven. Holy shit! Yeah. You know the one. Yeah, the one who would spit on like students and stuff. Oh my god, that, that guy? guy. Yeah, and that's him. In, yeah. Oh my god, and he was in Back to the Future too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. This whole show is just a Back that. to the Future reunion. <laughs> Why can't we get Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson on an episode? Although they did oh reunite for another film. <laughs> they, they really they really did drop the ball by not having Christopher Lloyd on the show. Right, he was in but everything. Like who, who, but like, who could have? Who could he play though? I mean, like, uh, maybe he could pay, play like a version of Doctor of Sorry, no, of Judge Doom or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Doctor Doctor Brown Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's related. To, he's related to hair somehow. Don't ask why. There's actually an episode where the where Rabbit has to go to the dentist, so that confirms there's a Doctor Rabbit in this show. <laughs> oh God! You'll see him at some point on this podcast, I am, I'm sure. <laughs> I am very disappointed by the lack of Adventure in Wonderland YouTube poops. Oh Somebody my get God. on that. There's so much material. <laughs> but anyway. It's genuinely, uh, one thing the I want to mention itself, too. Yeah. The show itself is practically a YouTube poop, so. <laughs> it's amazing that the show is not a meme. Yes. <laughs> like, even after Defunctland did the video on it, like, nobody has, like, seen the gold in this show, and it really disappoints me. Right? <laughs> okay, so who here paid attention to the story that the caterpillar told? I did. I did not. I rewatched it today. So basically, what happened was that this—they cut to a really, really well animated 
sorry, a really well stop motion animated segment where Ooh. they cons- guess what, Kitty? Before you get into that, do you know who did the uh, claymation for the show? Oh my Will god, Will Vinton. Will Vinton. Will Vinton. Yes, the... Will Vinton himself. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. That like this. Again, the the people working on this show, it's insane the amount of talent that there is. Right? Oh my god. That that <laughs> All right, this is the best show ever made officially. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so they cut to a scene where it talks about a fish who bullied smaller fish in his pond for a while, but because he was growing so big, he decided it was time to move upstream. So then he moves into this place and then suddenly all these bigger fish like a shark and like a giant fish all start bullying him and so he has to like become a customer service representative for them basically well a waiter (laughs) and so then he moves back to the small pond he's like all right i'll stop being a bully because i learned what it's like in your shoes (laughs) and one thing that i kind of iffy about in this episode is that they kind of have really mixed messages on what bullying message they want to take it's like learn what it's like in their shoes but then it's also like like defend yourself but it's also like nah they're just a bully forget it <laughs> it's like defend yourself but also you don't want to stoop to their level but then also the only way that they'll learn not to be a bully is to see what it's like to be bully what do you want me to do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and basically that's, that fish story is an allegory for not treating service workers like shit. Yes! Thank Don't. God. <laughs> All this time they were trying to radicalize us. If anything, what I got from it is, uh, the service worker is a bully and you need to treat them like shit so they know what it's like. Kind of a mixed message Good there. God. <laughs> Yikes. Thanks a lot, Caterpillar, you fucking capitalist. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there are some shitty service workers, but like... Dude, dude. <laughs> Let their co-workers take care of them. <laughs> Another thing about the Caterpillar is he is the closest thing to the 1951 movie that this show gets to. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Because he has a he has a pretty similar design, only he's green instead of blue. And they he also talks a lot like the, him, too, which is... Really this cool. reminds me of a story. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that voice performance is amazing. Yeah, Honestly, he really... For, they, they, they got rid of the hookah, obviously. We can't have smoking on a kid's show. <laughs> we gotta have an anti-drug PSA for a show that's already on drugs. <laughs> Mr. Caterpillar, you're, you're smoking from that hookah too much. <laughs> Shut I up, it kid. From... I'll tell you I... when I've had enough. I can quit anytime I want. I'm not a chicken, you're a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Randy, Randy clearly does the better impression, so... <laughs> Thank you. And then we meet the uh and then we meet the Red Queen and the uh the White Rabbit and there's really not a lot to say about this scene. I don't think other than, you know, the queen is kind of a bitch and that, you know, she's doing the same thing yeah. like why don't you stand up for yourself or something like that. And uh, again, I love this actress so much, but like she doesn't really get like a whole lot to do in this episode and neither does the uh White yeah. Rabbit. It's kind of just a basic hero's journey where he has to encounter one thing, then the other, and then learn a lesson, then learn, then account another person and learn a lesson before the big finale. It's, yeah, it's a little. It's and a speaking little of, we're getting close. We're getting close to that big finale. <laughs> oh. Man. Okay, so all right, we're gonna need some buildup for this scene. So it cuts to everybody's preparing for the bully's arrival, uh, and there's also this really lame joke where. Oh, he's going to be here at high noon. 
give or take five minutes, and they repeat it like three or four times, and it it's kind of stale, in my opinion. Like I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of that joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's and then they keep cutting the stock footage of the train because budget. <laughs> and it's it's not even it's not even color. It's just like grainy black and white stock footage for some reason. I kind of like that just because it kind of gave it a bit of a weird charm. It reminded me a lot of like the PSAs and the Weird Al show. Oh yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. At the same time though. <laughs> I mean, my, my my first thought when I came across that scene was like, "Hey, we really need to do a Shining Time Station episode at some point." Good God, yeah. <laughs> Which we will. And then we finally get our guest star, Mike McNasty which is, himself. Roll, please. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Gilbert fucking Gottfried. Because what wasn't he in oh, in the man. 90s? I do want to mention he Disney loved no. this man in the 90s. <laughs> and okay, in this in this decade, he uh he did this. He did uh well in the same year, he did the he did this, he did the uh Walt Disney World Inside Out sketch where he visits the Tower of Terror. Yes. <laughs> which is an absolutely iconic sketch. I'm wearing a fuzzy pink <laughs> bathrobe. Come on. Let's go solve the mystery. He did Aladdin. He did all the Aladdin sequels. <laughs> he did the Aladdin TV show. Oh, man. Plus, this episode was released in 94, I think. So it was around the time he was doing Return of Jafar, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm sure that a lot of kids knew who Gilbert Godfrey was at this point. <laughs> and don't forget, he also was in Enchanted Tiki Room under new management no, in 1998. No, we do not we talk, do not about, talk that. about it. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, but you know who else was in that? You know who played the uh, Tiki Goddess in that? Ooh, who? The Red Queen. Oh my God! Well, again, holy shit. yeah, she was. Yeah, she was the voice of the. Uh, yeah, she was the voice of the uh, Tiki Goddess that I forget the name of. At oh the yeah, Ahoa. Ahoa, yeah. Well, there's a connection. <laughs> yep, there's a, there is actually a drink. There is actually a cocktail at Trader Sam's in uh, the Polynesian named after Aoa. And when you get that, they light up the old Aoa animatronic. Fun little fact Although it's, it's static and she doesn't have any lines, which is kind of a bummer. So I do specifically remember doing the Enchanted Tiki Room once under new management. Keyword being once. <laughs> because I just remember going into sensory overload because one, Gilbert Gottfried's voice is a lot to take on an autistic eight-year-old, and two, <laughs> there's just thunder and shit galore, and three, it just sucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one thing that really kind of confused me is that I get uh, I get that anyone can technically be a bully because of the power of manipulation and such, but when you look at Gilbert Gottfried, you think of many things. I don't think of a big, strong, scary dude. He's, he's so scrawny. He's so... I mean, I guess his voice is intimidating, so maybe that would have played a role, but eh. He's, he doesn't come off as the bully so much as that just that little shit in class. He's basically incel culture in a person. <laughs> basically, yeah. I can, I can see Mike McNasty as... I can see Mike McNasty frequently uh, going on 4chan, oh, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> and I, it's funny, too. I did find... I did find an LA Times article from 1994, the day before this aired, and they interviewed Gilbert Gottfried briefly. So he says something along the lines of, For me to play a bully doesn't take too much imagination. I think they wanted to get someone the kid audience would hate, and they instantly thought of me. He says with a smile, It's basically further <laughs> proof that I am obnoxious in whatever they put me in. <laughs> 
and that's why we love him. He's, he's... And, and I want to... I... <laughs> I mentioned, too, that this kind of has, like, a cowboy theme. Gilbert Gottfried shows up in full cowboy garb. (laughs) And it's incredible. It looks, yeah, then he's like, well, we'll get into what he says about his outfit a little later on. But, yeah, so then cue the the beginning of the argument. Not the argument. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so, all right. (laughs) This special does not waste its Gilbert Godfrey because oh, no. he gets a villain song. <laughs> Good God, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the most beautiful thing. It's basically uh, Gilbert Godfrey just gyrating like over and over, like he's doing like some lazy Elvis like hip shakes and stuff, and he's got his ha- hands raised in the air, and he's just saying "I'm a bully" over and over for like half of the song. Honestly, it's a song that only Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> could perform, and that in that I mean it's that perfect. in the best, and I mean that in the best possible <laughs> way. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried as a cowboy is just weird to me. He just. Does not come off cowboyish at all. He comes off as one of those guys who hangs a Confederate flag off their truck and they say that it's heritage. <laughs> it's their heritage. It's heritage, not hate. But they're from Dorchester, Massachusetts. <laughs> you can cut you can cut this part if it's not relevant, but have you guys ever seen that really terrible movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West? I have not, no. Oh jeez, uh, but... I I know of it. But they're the only funny scene in that whole movie, besides the ironic third Back to the Future reference, the Doc Brown cameo in it, there was a scene where <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried shows up in a flashback as Abraham Lincoln, and it's actually what? it's actually pretty funny. Um, I'll link it to you guys after we end the call. But oh my god, yes, please do. <laughs> yes. Hiya, schmucks! Four score and seven years ago, I was broke, just like you. But now I'm the president, and I'm so fucking rich, I can have all the licorice I want. So, so I guess in a way that kind of came around in a way. So <laughs> maybe we'll find a see. Maybe we'll find secretly that Seth MacFarlane has ties to the show. Who knows? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey kids, remember the time when Gilbert Crawford was a cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Gilbert Gottfried was on Family Guy at some point too. Oh God, he had. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried was on Family Guy as a dog whistle. Nice. Because of course he was. <laughs> dog whistle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, according to the Family Guy wiki, because of course that exists, he played a horse. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> he played Peter Griffin's horse in Boys Do Cry. And reveals upcoming stand-up tour stops. <laughs> and yeah, he also does play the dog whistle. So oh. <laughs> they're not—they're not wasting their Gilbert Gottfried. So then the last. So then once the battle finally begins, they do a thing where like, okay, we're gonna put the pie in the middle of us, and then we're gonna do a back. We're gonna back up five steps, and then we're gonna, then we're gonna begin, and then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is how Alexander Hamilton died. <laughs> Now I just want an edit to now I just want an edit of Hamilton to this scene, so <laughs> <laughs> come on, Lynn, get on it. <laughs> okay. Uh there's also there's there's a good line I took another note of. Uh uh so like at one point Hare's like, You didn't play by the rules and then Mike McNasty's like, Of course not. If I did, I'd get thrown out of the bullies club. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, 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 like, I like that joke. It, it it raises questions about the lore and what goes on outside of Wonderland, but... Yeah, Is it's that pretty... like the Losers Club and It, but like <laughs> the reverse of that? <laughs> it's probably <laughs> first rule of Bullies Club. You don't talk about Bullies Club. <laughs> what, if, what if the Losers Club was just edgy as fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried fighting a eldritch demonic clown. <laughs> and then maybe set some I mean both both franchises involve a giant turtle so <laughs> <laughs> Okay so then Heron Heron uh McNasty are fighting uh they're about to have a showdown they walk their five paces and then <laughs> and then uh Hare snatches a pie from McNasty and this leads into the quote unquote moral of the episode which is basically the all right i won't pie you because that that would make me just as bad because that's <laughs> don't fight hate with hate it's a and then and then everybody else shows up and the queen specifically says you might not want to stoop to his level but we will <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that which is definitely something the queen would do so and then they all just overthrow the wonderland government yay and so then they all just so then i guess they kind of go back on the message of hair needing to stand up for himself and so then they're like okay we'll do it for you and so then they just throw pies at him and then he cries because if he gets pie on his shirt shirt then his mom will send him to his room so i guess he's still <laughs> eh. so here's here's the, here's one thing i have a question about so the name McNasty implies that all the McNasty family are bullies. So, like, even if you wanted to try to be good, Mike McNasty technically can't. <laughs> I guess I guess that's how it works. I'm, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like being born with the name of... Uh, well, actually, maybe it's not appropriate to joke. I, I don't want to joke about it if it's not appropriate. Um, I guess it's kind of being, like, born with the name Hitler. It's like, even if you aren't him, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Fun fact: yeah, All of go. Hitler's current descendants, um, pretty much just changed their names and went off the grid. Yep. So I'm pretty sure that a couple of the McNasties have done that. Oh god, that or maybe they're like, <laughs> like weird Mick. I don't know. I guess they changed their name to like Mick Nasty or Nasal or Nasal. Maybe they're like we're a giant or, nose. <laughs> <laughs> or John Goodman. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm honestly, I just assumed that everyone in the Mc, McNasty family is played by Gilbert Gottfried. It's true. So his yep. mom is just Wil Gilbert Gottfried in drag, and he, and she's just scolding him <laughs> for getting pie on his shirt. What I what I imagine is that it's gonna be like that one TikTok that Gilbert Gottfried did, where he was reading the lyrics to, where he was reading the lyrics oh, to that "This yeah. is for Rachel," and then he was. <laughs> One of the best TikToks ever made, by the way. I'll be posting it on the Twitter. <laughs> McNasty cyberbullying hair. He's like, <laughs> who was the kid in iCarly who was like a villain? Neville. Neville, oh, yeah. Neville he turns, Papperman. He turns into Neville Papperman, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we got to cover iCarly on this show. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I have, yes, I have many thoughts about iCarly that... I am definitely going to have to let out. So many thoughts. Not good <laughs> so ones. So much. So, so much many unresolved mixed feelings. <laughs> but anyway, uh, then the, and then Alice goes home and she's like, well, they sing another song that goes in and out of the ear. And then Alice goes home and then she's like. like oh, we're, oh, wait, Kitty, we're also missing some stuff. Like, <gasps> oh, uh, oh, right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so like Mike McNasty gets, gets pied. 
And it's an amazing scene where everybody just throws pies at Gilbert Godfrey for like a solid 30 seconds. It's beautiful. He runs, he runs off and cries. And then Willie Nelson comes back. Uh, I forgot to mention. Willie oh, Nelson yes. is just here. <laughs> he sings. Yeah, we keep, we keep forgetting the, the Willie Nelson subplot, which is obviously how much of an influence he plays on this episode, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, like, <laughs> I kind of love him in this in this episode. Like, it makes no sense, but it's also such a beautifully weird decision. <laughs> we we neglected to mention the fact too that in the in the scene where everybody's trying to talk to the hare about you know his boy, he he comes into the Hatter's house out of nowhere. He just shows up and just starts singing another song, and everybody's just looking at him with like this weird expression on their faces and everything. Like Willie Nelson just fucking broke into your house like you're not gonna question that <laughs> but then suddenly they do oh yeah that's right uh so in his last appearance like they kind of do like a little bit of a meta joke where they're like hey so you guys noticed that guy right what, what's his deal and then the queen goes over and throws a pie in his face which i guess that counts as bullying too in a way it's like he wasn't doing anything wrong he was just narrating <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just or as stalking. just as it starts to fade of, just as it, just as it starts to fade out, like you can kind of see a little bit of a smile on his face. This definitely had to be him. This definitely had to be a pot dream for him or something. Like he had. Oh to yeah, be- this whole episode, this whole episode was just Willie Nelson's high. He was just on a bad trip and he just wandered into Wonderland. <laughs> no questions <laughs> oh, asked. Oh great, the crackhead stalking hair again. <laughs> Alice uses a magic mirror. Willie uses Bud. <laughs> and then White Rabbit uses OJ in basketball. <laughs> White Rabbit uses a glove that doesn't fit. White Rabbit was the other OJ in that one Pioneer Chicken commercial. <laughs> if, the, if the pie don't fit, you gotta acquit. <laughs> Remember when this episode was about Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> He's in it for like five minutes. <laughs> And yet he's the best OJ. part of the episode. <laughs> any any discussion about Adventures in Wonderland, OJ is the elephant in the room. Oh, <laughs> you you always gotta you always gotta mention OJ, even when the situation doesn't call for it. Oh, every episode we gotta mention Gilbert Gottfried, and every episode we gotta mention OJ Simpson. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely planned this out. Like, there's a very specific way of how we're gonna do this podcast. It's a very intense arc oh yes but <laughs> and speaking of arc so alice goes home and she decides that tomorrow she won't let she won't let the bully get her pie not even in the face and then she then dinah ends the episode by staring into the camera because she's a good girl Very and good dinah girl. was like i have been asleep this oh. entire time because i am a cat and cats sleep <laughs> <laughs> i do want to mention one more thing about the last song of the episode which is called bully for you I do not know what that means. I guess from what I hear, I guess in a way it's kind of like you overcoming your own personal demons. So I guess overcoming your own Tyler Durden, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then there's also a shot during the song where they're all dancing and then hair like throws a pie at the camera and it kind of made my face tingle a little bit. So I guess you could call that pie smr i guess in a way it's like it's like when the rugrats go wild movie had like the smell of vision and you could like barely smell it on the cardboard i guess that's this movie's (laughs) version of this episode's version of that (laughs) 
<laughs> so Hare is bullying us now? <laughs> Have we been in Hare's <laughs> mind the whole time? All right. Okay. So, any final thoughts? So, uh, do we do we want to like incorporate a rating system into this show, or? Hmm. Uh, I think we'll figure that out somewhere down the line. But I just want to say this was this was a very solid episode overall. It was pretty. It was a lot of this fun. Was, I, yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, I liked uh, revisiting this one after not watching it for the first time in a while. So it was very. Nice to watch it again. I feel like it'd be a great episode for people who wanted to start the show because in a way you don't have to know any of the other lore of the show. Like, I mean, the show is pretty fluid in general and continuity, but like this episode especially would be like, okay, let's see how, how hooked I'm going to get. It's like, I re- <laughs> I do like the show, but I feel like if you kind of started with a really basic episode, like the one that's learning about learning to get along and such, it might come across as a little basic, but starting off with this one. I would say, I would say watch this episode for Gilbert Gottfried alone, because he is... <laughs> yeah, just skip to the Gilbert Gottfried parts. Smoke a shitload of weed. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very good um, drug trip. Whatever, whatever drug you are doing, this is the show to watch. I promise you. <laughs> and one last... It's always worth it. One last thing I'll say about this show. I desperately hope there's bloopers for it because the bloopers there that do exist for the show are freaking beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there's another thing I, I neglected to mention was that apparently I saw in a comment on YouTube that apparently the the rehearsals for the show would get like super raunchy. Oh, shit. Oh, I want to see those rehearsals. I want to see that. <laughs> You just know that Gilbert Gottfried was swearing up a storm on <laughs> Honestly, honestly, I, I kinda wanna I kinda wanna know if Gilbert Gottfried used his real voice on the set when they weren't filming. Like you guys have seen this video, right? Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> Like the the video where he like shows his real voice and it's just like a guy. A total 180. Oh yeah, he kind of speaks. <laughs> it's a little similar to his to his uh, stage voice, but it's kind of lowered at the same time, and it's a lot calmer. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's it's haunting, in a way. So. Oh, and uh, one last thing I wanted to mention. Speaking of imaginary friends, um, you can edit. Um, I don't, you can edit out the part about where I mentioned that I would be talking about it if it's not relevant. Um, but yeah, and basically it also connects because there's an episode of the Weird Al show where he plays a imaginary but not imaginary friend of Al's. <laughs> oh, man, like, yeah, I'm that's not right. imaginary. <laughs> it's oh, by the way, apology, apologies for my very, very terrible impressions today. I feel like if if we didn't make terrible terrible impressions of celebrities, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. <laughs> Thank you very much for validating my impression of the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. At least I know I can do that. You're amazing, and <laughs> plus, I mean, you have one thing in common with him. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're right, though. All right, so all right, so the jury's in. Uh, we love this episode. We love Adventures in Wonderland, and. You just listened to the first episode of Channel KRT. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us. And all right, and you can find me over at uh, Mission Breakout, like I said. And then we'll be setting up. And then you can also find us over at the Channel KRT Twitter page, which will be Channel KRT hyphen. Well, under sorry, Channel KRT. Yeah, Channel underscore KRT. Yeah. 
And of course, I should probably take this time to plug my other Twitter account, No Context Harley Quinn, if you want to go follow that. And I am also starting No Context TGIF sitcoms, if you want to follow that too. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to add quickly to my plugins. Uh, I'll also be on a couple of episode, upcoming episodes of Escape from Vault Disney, a podcast hosted by our very, our very good friend, Tony Goldmark, so check that out. Yay, Tony. He's definitely going to be on the show at some point. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have plans. We have, pl- we have big Stay plans. Stay tuned. I'm not going to, we're not going to spoil it, but it's going to be a doozy. <laughs> I also, and while we're, while we're on the topic of plugs, I do, I also have a no context account for The Mask, one of my favorite movies slash comics slash cartoons of all time. So you can check me out at NC underscore mask. Uh, we're definitely going to be doing some episodes of the Mask animated series. We're not doing some of the Mask because I already talked about that on uh, the Kidflix podcast. Hell but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay tuned, guys. Yes. Exactly. Hell no. I, I still have. I still wake up in cold sweats from from that terrible movie. <laughs> I still have nightmares. We may also do an episode of Batman the animated series or a TGIF sitcom at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, this is just going to be a grab bag, but it's also just going to be indulging in our hyperfixations. <laughs> and then I can't wait for y'all to hear me get passionate about Arthur at some point. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god, I can't wait for the uh, inevitable Arthur episode. That's going to be so good. That's... <laughs> and that's a wrap. Uh thanks for watching and we'll see y'all next time. See you next right. time. <laughs> Channel KRT, sta- cut to static. <laughs> <laughs>